Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolf, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. I remember being on the floor with my baby. He was doing the tummy time thing and started to wobble, tipped over, and rolled for the first time. The look on his face was so unforgettable. He looked scared and surprised all at once. He was six months and wasn't really into rolling over much after that. And it got me wondering, how does he stack up? I've since discovered I'm not the only parent out there with milestone anxiety. It feels as though we can't help but compare our baby's milestones. But does it help? Does it matter? I was so excited to discover today's guest, Rachel Coley. She's a pediatric occupational therapist and the mom behind super informative website, Can Do Kiddo. Rachel prefers to focus on what she calls mini milestones, all the little steps it takes a baby to get to that photo-worthy moment. Rachel shares with us everything from how we can help babies who don't like tummy time, how baby containers are getting in the way of natural development, and why the floor is the best place for your baby to be. She also talks about how Googling into the night can be detrimental, and why milestones are not a pass-fail for your baby. Without further ado, here's our conversation. So we hear this a lot from parents, like, don't babies just develop naturally? Like, why is there this big focus on all the baby gadgets and just this, all this parenting information? Yeah. I mean, parenting has changed and babyhood has changed so much over the past, say, 20 years. So as parents, we are marketed to with a lot of devices and gadgets and apps and things that are really getting in the way of what our babies truly need to develop. And we're doing it, you know, through no fault of our own. It's just a lack of awareness and information. And so as a professional, I really, that's my heart and my mission. I know it's yours too, to spread just that intentionality of parenting that we want to be aware of, for example, how much time our babies are spending held and restricted in this little device, whether it's the car seat carrier or the bouncy seat or the swing, or even sleeping in some of those devices. I mean, suddenly the hours of the day start to add up that our babies are not getting a full opportunity to move unrestricted. Another factor is all the technology and that's shaping. I mean, you know, it's shaping what kinds of toys we're putting in front of our babies. And it's, closing down the opportunities for open-ended creative play and exploration of the physical world. And so we just need to be mindful of how much tech is getting in the way of our babies just really playing in the ways that they're hardwired to do to develop. And then of course the phones, I mean, phones get a lot of bad press. Phones are awesome because they help us feel connected, especially as new moms when we feel kind of isolated, but we're also interrupting this really natural flow of back and forth with our baby, we call it bids for attention. And so, for example, I'm guilty of this, but, you know, when you're feeding your baby, the distance between your face and your baby's face is optimal for your baby's vision, for your baby's tuning into you and responding. And so nature and biology has sort of hardwired that to be an opportunity for back and forth eye gaze and communication and facial expression. And we are interrupting it because so often 
myself included, um, we're scrolling and we're texting and we're, we're just distracted from that time. And not to say that you have to tune in every minute of baby's waking day, but you know, the pendulum has swung, I feel too far in the other direction. It's so true. It's that we just all need that reminder. Every parent needs that reminder to be just more tuned in and more connected. Mm -hmm. I'm so intrigued what you talked about, about being babies needing to be on the floor. So why do they need to be in a flat position? Like what, what is happening with them, you know, developmentally? And can you tell me more about what this looks like? Yeah. So one of the first things that our babies do before they even start intentionally moving, they have to kind of unwind from this position that they've been in. And it's not just that they were in that position held for so long, curled up in a womb, but that's actually how they grew. So they have never had an opportunity to stretch out of that position fully. And so that's one of the first tasks once they're born. And when we continue to put them in devices that are so soft and so cuddly and hold them in that comfy womb position, we really are undermining some of their first developmental work, which is to stretch out of that position. And gravity is a big piece of what does that. Just laying flat on the floor, gravity is helping to stretch them. Or when they're in their tummy time, you know, with their cheek down, which is super valuable newborn tummy time, it's actually stretching their neck into new positions. So, you know, being on the floor provides that unrestricted movement. And one of the things that I get really excited about and like to point out to parents is that especially in the early early weeks, something that we take for granted, like lifting your arm, that is huge muscle work for a baby. I mean, just the weight of their arm is significant for them. And so they're strengthening their shoulder muscles, for example. And so all those little wiggles they do on the floor in the beginning is it's really important work that we don't give enough credit to. It's a beautiful process, but we're kind of, like I said, getting in the way of it by continuing to hold baby in the curled up womb position for a lot of their day. Reminds me of my husband who was an expert swaddler. And I feel like it was like part of his kind of connection with our, with our first baby to, to swaddle him. And I remember him being in the swaddle so much, like, and I, my intuition was saying that he needed more time out to stretch out. Can you tell me more about kind of how we should think about swaddling and in addition to all the the kind of baby seats and Mm -hmm. strollers and car seats? So swaddling can be really useful for sleep and for for soothing baby to go to sleep. Some babies don't need it, but most babies do because of their startle reflexes. It does help with sleep. But we want to think about when baby's awake, get that swaddle off. They usually do a really adorable stretch when they come out of the swaddle and then they're ready to have some interaction with you. Um, And we just want to be mindful to stop using the swaddle once baby doesn't need it anymore. We, We have all these suits and gadgets and big puffy things that keep baby sleeping better. But sometimes the objective ultimately is not to have them sleep 12 hours through the night. Some movement is normal during sleep. And so we don't want to restrict that more than we need to. There's this big focus from public health experts about the need for babies to have tummy time. Can you talk about the overall benefits of tummy time and just why we're hearing about this as being such an important part of babyhood? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's sort of the antidote to what I was talking about with babies being on their back in this curled up semi-reclined cushioned position that's cozy and comfy, but is not allowing them full movement. Tummy time is the antidote to that. So that's really baby's first opportunity to interact with gravity by starting to lift the head. And so that interaction with gravity, that relationship with gravity and learning to master it, that's a lifelong skill in a way that's really difficult for parents to connect 
it's really the underpinning of some of the milestones, even like walking, because through that tummy time experience, baby is learning to lift the head and getting a lot of movement input through the inner ears. So we have three-dimensional babies, right? They're not just made to lay in one position. So we want to make sure that they're in all positions, even on their sides, on their bellies, on their backs, on their backs with their head turned fully to each side to look at something. So we just want to always keep baby's position diverse and changing throughout their day. Tell me about like how you do tummy time with a newborn. Yeah. So tummy time with a newborn for a healthy full-term newborn is really snuggly a lot of the times. Most babies need a person that they know and love to regulate, which means stay comfortable and happy. And so a lot of tummy time in the beginning is going to be on an inclined, warm, fuzzy surface, and that's apparent. So that's where I like to start. And then we start moving towards a floor surface or a flat surface. And it's okay if baby's cheek is down for the most part. That's that's the way it looks in the beginning is that head turned to the side, cheek down. And that's really really still valuable tummy time. The goal is not always to be head lifting. And then um, as baby gets more used to that, then they can start to lift the head and do some more prolonged head lifting. Um, But in the beginning, it's really short duration. It's lots of responsive tuning into your baby. and, And when they're done with tummy time, you give them a break, you roll them out of it. I like to say you bring them back to their happy place, which is right there with you. Um, You do whatever you know comforts and soothes your baby, and then you try it again. Tummy time isn't always easy for babies or parents, but it's important. It helps your baby prepare for all the big movement milestones ahead, like rolling over and sitting up and crawling. If you're struggling to make it work, the Tummy Time Course Pack has everything you need for you and your baby to actually enjoy tummy time. Rachel Coley, pediatric OT, helps you find what stage your baby is in right now and move into the next stage, all while keeping your baby happy and engaged. If tummy time is a struggle, visit loveevery.com today to start the tummy time course pack and see all the course packs we offer. We all kind of feel like we have to check this box and it's it's like there's some pressure to this tummy time thing. And oftentimes our babies don't really like it. So I love what you talk about at Can Do Kiddo about doing kind of small bite-sized pieces of tummy time. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So I like parents to think about tummy time like reps and sets in a gym. So the rep would be you have the dumbbell in your hand and you're going to do it, lift it over and over. You're going to take a break. And then you're going to lift it a few more times, then take a break. And then the set is when you walk away from that exercise. And so when we do tummy time, it's not one and done. Like I hear from parents a lot. He can only do one minute of tummy time or two minutes of tummy time. And I say, great, that's where he is. So let's do one minute, roll him out when he gives you those signs that he needs a break and then give him a break, get him happy, engage in that googly eyed connected play and then roll him back in and do another minute. I mean, it's okay if the duration of those reps is really short for some babies who are more dysregulated and maybe have reflux or something where they're really struggling to get comfortable in tummy time. I like to say they're still learning to be comfortable in that position. It can even be 30 second reps. Try to default to floor time instead of devices. Do as much floor time as you can before you opt for the baby seat or the bouncer or the swing. And then do as much tummy time as your baby is comfortable. And as long as it's progressing, I want your baby to be doing more tummy time on average this week than they did last week because we want them to be building on that endurance and strength. 
That's great. And that's so inspiring. It feels doable when you say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, what ideas do you have for babies that don't like tummy time? You've talked about newborn tummy time and how they can be on you and that counts as tummy time, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, what about like a two, three month old? Like what kinds of things can we do to, how can we think differently about tummy time so that our babies can start to enjoy it? Yeah, I think thinking about it as a position for play is really helpful because sometimes we think, oh, tummy time is the activity. So let's put him in tummy time and then let's see how long he goes. But I like to encourage parents to just think about that as the position. Now, so what are we going to be doing in tummy time? What is baby going to be looking at or touching with his hands? And so I really like to tap into the senses. So for a younger baby, they're not going to be grabbing and holding anything in tummy time. So we really want to think about the senses of vision and touch and hearing. And so So we're just engaging baby in opportunities to engage with the world around them. FaceTime for babies who are not regulated in tummy time, who don't, so to speak, like it. We want to do lots of face-to-face time because that's one of the biggest comforts for a baby is your face and your voice or other trusted caregivers, face, voice, smell, touch. Those are babies who oftentimes I will have a parent just keep your hand on baby during tummy time. Also, we can incline the tummy time. We can actually make tummy time easier for babies by lifting their chest so that they're at more of an angle. And you can do this tons of ways. One of my favorites for babies who hate tummy time is actually to hold them in your arms in tummy time. And that way you can lower them closer to flat. And then when you get the signal that they need a break, you can lift them up to be more on an incline. So that does make it easier. So it's a break, but they're still in tummy time. And they're right there with you. And you can be moving around the house and dancing and singing or standing in front of a mirror so you can talk to them. Some other ideas that you've shared on your website are an exercise ball tummy time, doing tummy time over your legs, including fun things like sensory herbs or a tray of a pan of water if you're supervising your baby. There's some really fun ways that you can make it interesting. So I definitely encourage people to look at Can Do Kiddo and Love Every for more ideas for how to keep tummy time fun. Yeah. And I will say too, when you start to shift how you think of tummy time, instead of it being like, oh, I'm going to set the timer and put baby on the floor and see how long me last. If you kind of think of it as more like, oh, this is just a natural position, it starts to play into this idea of getting babies out of the devices. So for example, when you go meet your friend for coffee and you have your baby in the car seat carrier or in the stroller, getting them out of the stroller is going to help them. And then since they have baby on you anyway, just lay them across your lap and maybe pat their back while you're talking to your friend. And so without a whole lot of fanfare, you have just knocked out two huge ways to help your baby's development. So you've gotten them out of the restricted car seat and they are now in tummy time. There's so much focus on milestones these days. And I I do kind of wonder about, you know, there's this broad range of when children start to crawl, when babies start to crawl. So somewhere between six and 10 months, and it's usually actually in the latter end of that period is on average when babies start to crawl. How do you know if your baby is on track? How do you think about milestones and how they're progressing? How can we feel confident as parents that our babies are, are moving forward in the right ways? Yeah, I think, so we get really focused on these big milestones and we don't have benchmarks along the way to tell that our baby is moving towards those milestones. So that's what I like to help parents to see is what I call the mini milestones. So parents will often email me or message me and say, hey, my baby's not doing this. Should I be worried? And I always respond like, no, I don't want you to be worried. I want you to be curious. I want you to pay attention. So what is your baby showing you, for example, with crawling? Are they showing you some signs that they're moving towards that milestone? And if they are, 
I am not concerned. They are, they are doing great. They're just taking their own time with it. And so some of those, like for crawling, for example, I often ask a parent, well, first of all, are they rolling both directions? Because if they're not, maybe we need to step back and work on that because that's one of the ways they're going to build their tummy and back muscles that are going to support the crawling. Um, but I also like to ask things like, is your baby lifting one arm in tummy time to reach and to grab things? And if they're not, that's telling us about their arm strength, that they're not yet able to bear all of their weight on one arm to reach the other arm. So I just like to teach parents some of those little signs that baby's on the right track, because then there's less focus on just a pass fail. Are they crawling yet? Yeah. And you talked about rolling over. What can we do as parents to help our babies just build the strength to be able to roll over? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest recommendation for all milestones is basically more time on the floor. And then once baby is on the floor, when they're on their backs, for example, you can really encourage lots of kicking and lots of leg movement because that's going to help baby gain a lot of abdominal strength and core strength. And then I always like to remind parents about side-lying play because lots of them forget to put babies on their side. And that's a great place to practice just that cause and effect of, wow, if I crunch my body up like a little jelly bean, I roll forward onto my belly. But if I stretch out, I roll onto my back. And obviously it's not a cognitive conscious process like that, but that is the experiments that baby is subconsciously doing when they're on their side and they accidentally flip back onto their back. This is so valuable to just hear about kind of what the stages of development are and milestones, but can we get too caught up in milestones? How do you think about milestones? Oh, absolutely. I myself have gotten too caught up in milestones with my own kiddos. There is a range for all of these milestones. And even if your child is at the end of what the baby book might say for that, that end of that range does not necessarily mean, oh, there's a huge diagnosis coming and you should be worried. It's just a sign that maybe your baby needs a little extra help in that area. I'd much rather a parent back up and think, okay, so let me get curious about how I can support this milestone through play. So things like maybe I have been busy and I haven't put my baby on the floor as much recently, or maybe I could just make more space for baby to be on the floor when we're upstairs and I'm folding laundry. I hadn't thought about that before. I always put them in the swing, but Maybe I could create another play space upstairs that's just a little safe spot on the floor for baby. So just helping baby to make progress towards milestones and not view those milestones as this scary checkbox that is going to indicate something horrible. And I always like to tell parents, and I, I am totally guilty of doing this, but I like to tell parents that if you find yourself like searching the internet for answers a lot, then that's a red flag for you as a parent that something's going on internally. So the dark corners of the internet are not going to help you if deep down you're really worried about your baby. They're, they're only going to feed that worry and anxiety. So just shutting down the computer or the phone and sitting back and really just thinking for a minute, like, what's going on with my baby? What's going on with me? How can I better support what my baby needs to be working on? I love that, Rachel. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's review some of Rachel Coley's tips around how to observe your baby's progress and build their strength. Takeaway number one, all those baby-containing devices, the stroller, the swing, carriers, can get in the way of the best place for your baby to be, the floor. Just laying flat on the floor allows gravity to encourage your baby to build their muscles. So next time you need to get something done, consider putting your baby down on the floor instead of in the bouncer seat. Takeaway number two, there are a lot of little steps, mini progressions that lead up to those big milestone moments, and every baby has their own path. 
The healthy window for rolling over, sitting up, crawling, and walking is much longer than you might think. If you want to know more, sign up for weekly stage-based emails at loveevery.com. Takeaway number three, if your baby doesn't like tummy time, think about tummy time more like a position for play. What can your baby look at, touch, and hear during tummy time? How can you engage their senses? Think about tummy time and reps and sets. When your baby gets fussy, you can give them a quick break, then try again a minute later. Rachel Coley covers these topics and more in Love Every's newest parent courses, Baby's Best Tummy Time and Food Before One. Details on these e-courses can be found at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening.